Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to others, <laughs> going down the rabbit hole where you look at one person on Instagram and they look really cool and you like what they're doing. And then suddenly you're comparing yourself to them or feeling like you're not doing the right thing or feeling like you're not being authentic enough or your pictures aren't good enough, or you're not speaking to the right crowd, or you need to change your strategy or your systems. Um, it's similar to when, you know, that thing that happens when you get into something new and so then suddenly it feels like everyone is already doing it. This is also that something that can come up in your coaching business, your healing work, and it can be a hard thing to overcome in your spiritual business. You might get consumed with thoughts like, um, it's already all been done. That's it. It's already all been done. <laughs> Or where do I fit in to this? It might even feel like there can't be enough people that want this offer if there's this many people putting out this offer. So today I want to talk about how to use comparison as a way to actually connect to your clients instead of going down the rabbit hole of gloom and doom. <laughs> And first, I want to say that this habit, this tendency for us to um, go into these places with our mind is very normal. Um, and in a way, it's actually a good thing to go into these places. Without these questions, you might not actually find the importance of distinction. It's one of the ways that you can begin to define yourself is by actually having this comparison experience. It's a part of the individuation process, which by the way, is also a huge part of bringing your work forward into the world. You get clarity on who you are and what you do and what you're here to do while you're putting your work out there, not before the process, which side note, I've ran into a lot. One of the things that I see a lot with um, new healers when they come to me to help move through their blocks is they feel like their, their offer needs to be perfect first. And I know you've heard that before. It's something that people say all the time. It's like, it doesn't need to be perfect. You know, done is better than perfect. Um, and that a lot of people will spend too much time working on what their program will look like and doing, you know, the coursework and the modules before they actually sell it. All of that is true. All of that is true to, uh, as a best practice, you know, offer and sell your work before you put a lot of time into creating it. And also, what's also true is that your offer, who your ideal client is, will change over time. The clarity that you're seeking comes from you actually sharing what you do and trying it out and testing and seeing how it lands with other people and seeing how it lands in your body after you put it out there. It's not like there's some golden light that comes down and all of a sudden you wake up and you have this brilliant clarity and boom, there's your offer. The clarity comes while you are sharing it. 
But this place of comparison to others and feeling like everybody's doing what you're doing is also a place where a lot of spiritual guides gloss over. They might give you mindset stuff that bypasses the reality of the questions. It's sort of like ignore that that worry is there and just focus on, you know, the right mindset. Um, And what I would actually like to invite you into today is instead of bypassing it and pretending that you're not worried about others or just trying to ignore it, or worse yet, staying frozen in your business because of it, I do to invite you into going into those questions and use them as a way to connect instead of as a way to stay frozen. So what I've learned from my lengthy time doing this, sometimes getting into that spot of comparison that usually comes up when I get into scarcity, like when I'm not into scarcity mindset, um, I don't have a tendency to get triggered by what other people are doing. That only happens when I'm in scarcity. Um, But what I've learned is when this happens, one, you know, there's a place to look at that scarcity mindset and move through your money mindset again, because it will continue to come up. And two, use this as an opportunity to actually communicate your value to others and also to yourself. So I'm going to walk you through the five things that I like to do when I catch myself in that comparison black hole. (laughs) And you can use this as a way of creating content and expressing who you are and what you help people with. Giving yourself an opportunity to build yourself back up, reconnect to your own value without bypassing the fact that you are concerned or you do worry. So number one, this will be some journal prompts for you. And take some time to write down your answers to these questions when they come up. And then after you've taken some time to write down your answers, um, use this content, use this as content, make a video about it, use it as a social media post, bring it into conversation, bring it forward and share it instead of hiding it. So first of all, my question for you is for your journal, why am I a good guide for my clients? Why am I a good guide for my clients or the best guide for my clients? Now, I want to point out that sometimes what we think this question means is how am I better than others? That's not what this question means. This question means for your clients. Why are you the best guide for the people that you are meant to work with? Why are they coming to you? Why are they your guide? Or why are they your clients? Why do they want to work with you? What is unique about your life that they might relate to? Another way to think about it is why do my clients, um, or what do my clients see in me that makes me different than others? What are they experiencing with me that they don't necessarily experience with other people? Right. And what are my values? 
also a very important thing to just reconnect to what are my values? Well, this will help you bring your focus back into yourself and be more centered in what you actually care about and why you're actually doing this. So it's very easy to start spiraling out into what other people are doing and what it looks like is happening for them. You know, so just um, off the top of my head, I'll walk you through this. Um, why am I a good guide for my clients? Well, you know, one of the most direct things is because I've been there, I've done it, right? I know what it's like to um, know that you have exceptional healing capabilities and feel like you can't bring them forward or feel like they won't be seen or received in the right way. I know what it's like to have major money blocks and do all this work, keep doing all this work to try to offer your work, but not even be available to receive from it. And what it's like to have brilliant ideas and not be available to receive from them. I know what it's like to spend 15 years training intensely in something and have somebody do it for like two months and then succeed, <laughs> you know? Um, and I know what it's like to run a business with that happening and still be able to stay in my center and be clear for myself, right? And for people that are wanting to grow their healing gifts and have a successful business, these are going to be things that they experience. So I know I'm a good guide for them because I know what it's like to go through them, right? What do my clients see in me that makes me different? That's a great question. Um, one of the things that I like to think is that they feel like I'm real. You know, that it's not a lot of spiritual fluff. That I'm not pa painting some fantasy picture or encouraging us to escape reality. I'd like to think that People see me as fun to work with. <laughs> and one thing that I've had reflected to me that I know makes me different is um, that I'm able to hold people accountable to the deep work that they want to do when a lot of us actually want to escape from it. We say, I want it. And then we try to sliver out from beneath it, you know. What are my values? Oh, my values. Hmm. Well, I believe that spiritual healers should be well-paid. I believe in creating businesses that help people instead of harming. I believe in dismantling the hierarchy and restoring our circular way of being. I believe that humans have far greater capabilities than we're using. And one of my values is to help people remember those. So from here, let's switch gears a, go, a little bit and go into number two. So the second thing that I recommend doing when you find yourself in this comparison hole <laughs> um, is to remember to lead with what you do instead of how you do it. When you're sharing about your work and your offer, lead with what you do, what you help people with instead of how you 
do it or what your tools are. Your gifts are more about the experience people have from being in their in your presence than they are about the specific skills and capacities you have. That's actually what people sign up to do or why they sign up for your container. It's because a million people could be offering money mindset or anxiety or shamanic healing or growing your business or whatever it might be, right? There were probably literally, well, there were literally thousands of other people doing that. But nobody's doing it in the unique way from your personal life experience that you've had, right? And so when people sign up to work with you, yes, they want that result too, right? They're not signing up just because they want to be around you. They also want the result, but they're signing up to be in your presence more so than they're signing up because of the accolades you have or the specific capacities you have. And just take a minute. And I always like to ask this question, uh, this question actually asks this on my interview a lot, you know, um, what do people get as a result of being in your presence? Has that ever been reflected back to you? It could be things like joy or inspiration. It could be things like um, new perspectives or acceptance or challenge, right? All kinds of things here. And so this is a clear viewpoint of what your gifts actually are. So your gifts are different than your offer. For example, my offer is to develop your gifts, um, grow them so you can be more powerful as a practitioner, so you can feel confident and trust yourself as a guide for others and learn how to translate that into an offer that actually serves others. I'll help you move through the blocks that keep you from offering your work in actually experiencing the abundance of your offer. That's different than my gifts. Um, my gifts are being a genius at navigating the unseen realms, creating openings for possibility. That's one of my gifts. Um, being able to hold safety so we can go into the shadow realms and retrieve our wholeness. Now, my gifts are different than my tools. My tools are psychic and telepathic access, um, working with spirit, timeline traveling, and actually one of my biggest tools is sharing stories from my lived experience. When we're getting started offering our work, a common mistake is to lead with our tools. For example, you might lead with, you're an energy worker, or a Reiki practitioner, or a medium. That isn't your offer. So um, come back to that. When you're finding yourself in comparison, come back to what your offer is, how you help people versus your tools or your how you get the result for them. And taking a moment to think about why should they care? This is also a good place to go. Why should they care? Why would they care? It's hard for us to release that question in the subconscious if we don't actually answer that and take a look at it in our consciousness. And a great way to answer that question for yourself, why should or would they care, 
is how would your offer make their life better? That's what you want to express and put out there. And just as a tip here, uh, before we move on to the next one, um, share from your own life experience, right? Quotes from other people, stats about how energy medicine works. People actually don't care about that. What they care about is hearing about when you were struggling with the same problem and how you got through it. That's how you show how you will make their life better or that it's possible that their life can be better. Number three, be specific. When you're trying to communicate the work that you do, be specific. And when it comes to offering our work, it's easy to slip into the deception that it's about us. And fair enough, because your picture is usually on the thing, right? Because <laughs> partially you are the offer and partially you're not the offer. Um, you are sort of the light guiding people in and they're going to come to work with you to be in your presence, but they're not actually here for you. They're here to get some of your medicine and the belief that it's about us, right? This is why, how the ego keeps us wanting to hide out longer, wanting to not be seen, afraid that it will lead, that if we lead with our photo, we'll look egotistical. Or if we offer something less glamorous, than what we're actually supposed to do um, or than what somebody else looks like they're doing um, will somehow be less than or less spiritual or not as desirable. Um, and just as a reminder, your work isn't about you. It's about what you can do for others. What solution do you provide for their life? What are they longing for? What is the result that they want? That's what your offer is. Getting to be a spiritual person day in and day out. Having your spirituality be a regular part of your life and not a separate thing that you do when you go away on a retreat or when you're in private. That's what I was longing for. I had to learn how to give it to myself. That's what I teach people now how to actually be the thing that you're dreaming about being, how to embody it, how to be the shaman in your own body instead of thinking about it or mimicking what you think a shaman's supposed to look like, how to be your own, right? And so you're not going to be everything for everybody. And also you shouldn't be everything for everybody. And so this paradigm shift actually cuts through the core belief that the market is already flooded or there isn't enough to go around. If we believe we're supposed to do it all, we assume that everybody's already doing it all. If we remember that we each have a unique role to help specific people with specific things and for a specific time, you're not gonna be with somebody necessarily their whole lives, right? If we remember that we have that unique role for specific people, specific things. And for a specific time, we take the pressure off of having to be at all or compete with others. Because sometimes they're going to need to come to you. Sometimes they'll be ready for you. And it's not going to be all the time. 
And I experienced that in my own life where, I mean, I continue to do healing work and receive coaching. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I never would have thought I would have signed up for certain programs that I'm doing now. Right. But thank goodness that person is putting out that very specific thing because now I'm ready. Now I want it, you know. So just a reminder that people are attracted to you for who you are in addition to your offer. And of course, there's definitely a lot of energetic work with calling in and receiving and giving back. But the entry point that calls people to you is your offer and offering it and being who you are in the process and being clear and specific. And the more you start to express that, the more you're going to receive good feedback. So there'll be less of a temptation to start comparing yourself to others, to spiral out and see what else other people are doing and try to figure out if that will work for you. So number four, I'll give you some more journal prompts to share. How is what you offer different than what they've already tried? How is it different than what they've already tried? Right? Like for me and my offer, there's two main ways. Um, one, as far as the healing work, it's different because I teach you how to embody your unique gifts instead of being a copycat healer. I help you get in touch with the specific way that you work and your specific medicine, something that isn't being taught in other places. So that's one thing that's different than what they've already tried. And even if you've done a little bit of shamanic healing work and done some programs, this is very different. It's very different than the other programs. Plus, um, I weave that into bringing your business forward. So when we do healing work, we do healing work on these blocks in our business. And so the other reason that my offer is different than what other people have already tried is many people have invested quite a bit in learning strategies, but they haven't actually cleared these blocks to allow themselves to move through them. Because actually the strategy, what you use doesn't matter. There's all kinds of ways that you can do your business. What matters is that you're clear for yourself and you're in alignment with the strategy you're using. Right? So how is your, how is you're offered different than what they've already tried. Hmm. Another question for you. What would they do without you? What would their life be like without you in their life right now? That's another big one. And it relates to how your offer is different than what they've already tried. And I'll give you a, a hint here too. It can be easy to slip into trying to assert yourself over others versus just portraying your value. So what I, a common thing that I see from people is when they are triggered by other people, I do it too. Um, when they are triggered by other people, they'll lead with how that's wrong and they're right and try to distinguish themselves by sort of putting other people down. So it's not about asserting yourself over others, but just speaking really clearly what you do and what your offer is over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. How, and I'll share this one other piece that's coming up for me right now. It's a little bit off topic, but it's coming through. So I also want to share, you know, sometimes you have to let go of the role you thought you might have. Like I resisted business and marketing in my offer for a long time. I did not want that to be the why behind my business. But also when I look back, um, the greatest, the biggest strides I made in my own self-growth was that. It was a big, also was a big motivation for me. Um, how is my program different than other programs? Well, because I was doing a bunch of other really intense, deep spiritual programs that were amazing, but they weren't teaching me how to make my life better in the process. They weren't teaching me how to use it to help other people. Or if it was, it was just from that kind of surface level or entry point of like, oh, soul retrieval. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? You know? So that was a big motivation for me. And yeah, just coming back to um, our last conversation, we have to give ourselves room to grieve the life we thought we would have to make room for the life that we're meant to have, right? The way it's going to come about is probably different than what you look what you think it's going to look like, right? So you have to be willing to grieve that loss. If it is a loss, you might not, but it might be. So last and finally, the last piece for you today, the fifth thing that I recommend doing when you find yourself in the comparison hole is don't look at them. You know, there's a place where we want to go into those questions and the scarcity and the distinctions, right? And also we don't have to keep comparing ourselves. That temptation to drop into the mind to compare yourself to others is very real. Um, We want to see what others are doing and what's working. And with each glance, we get further away from ourselves. With each glance, we divert our inner authority outward. So if you're watching someone that inspires you, great. That's great. If they don't, or they used to inspire you and suddenly you're feeling competitive, stop watching them. It's not actually helping you. The same is true for potential clients. If you have people in your life that have expressed that they want to work with you, but haven't actually opened the door because they might actually be playing the comparison game as well, um, then don't cater to them. If they are expressing it, but haven't actually opened the door to receive your work, which you can feel energetically when they say they're a yes, but they're actually a no, right? Stop trying to cater to them. It's not worth your energy. Even if you know you could help them, I believe you could help them. They still have to come to you, you know? Mm -hmm. So a few general prompts for you, a few pits of advice for you today. Um, just to recap again, when you find yourself in that comparison pit of despair, um, take it as an opportunity to connect to other people instead of continuing down the hole and feeling, um, alone and discouraged. So go back through and listen to the journal prompts again. Why am I a good guide for my clients? Why do my clients see, or what do my clients see in me? 
that makes me different? What are my values? And share those. Um, lead with what you do instead of how you do that and share that. The people you're talking to in conversations, on social media, when you're out and about, at the workplace, wherever. Number three, be specific. Be specific about what you do and who you help. That way you're going to be attracting the right people. You'll have less of a likelihood that you're going to want to go into the comparison hole because you're going to be busy at work, working with people that are meant to work with you. A few more journal prompts for you. How is your offer different than what they've already tried? What would they do without you? And last but not least, of course, um, when you're finding yourself in the comparison hole, stop looking at them. <laughs> Put yourself away, go back through the journal prompts and these questions, write it down, use it as inspiration to connect. <laughs> so yeah, when you find yourself in that frequency illusion, when you start doing something and then it feels like everybody else is doing it, remember that it's actually not true that everybody is doing it is actually not true. You're in the frequency illusion. It was always there. There are always other people doing this and there will continue to be other people doing this. So you can lay your mind to rest instead of trying to make that not true. You can just accept that it's true and use it as an opportunity to distinguish yourself. Drop back into these five things and connect to the people that are here for you instead of changing your system or how you do things to chase what appears to be working for others. And as always, I'd love to hear from you. What makes you different? What makes your offer different? Let's share. Thanks for joining me today. Have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership? If you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about Shaman School and growing your spiritual business on our website, HoltonHealingArts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. This is another question from an Instagram follower. And the question is, how can I connect with spirit more deeply? And I would say um, one of the best ways, first of all, is to listen, to listen to them when they're sharing information, insight, or guidance with you. A lot of times we can try to override or bypass what they're recommending and it requires patience um, and respect, um, but listening, them, listening to them will help grow your connection with them. Number two, celebrate them. Celebrate your relationship with them. Um, leave them offerings, leave them rocks and feathers and trinkets. Um, celebrate them in your awareness throughout the day. Give them a reason to get excited to come see you. 
um, don't just ask for stuff all the time. It's like, um, you know, it's like having a one-way relationship. If you have a friend that's, uh, only ever calls you when you need something, you get less likely to want to answer the phone. But if you have a friend that calls you because they just want to tell you that they love you, you're definitely going to pick up the line, you know? So definitely listen to them and honor their requests. You can always ask questions. You don't have to be a blind follower or just do what they say without asking questions, but you can definitely um, grow that relationship by listening and by celebrating. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.